0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like some biblical counsel on or biblical perspective on love to speak with you. I'd love to pray for you. So give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. The vision behind this show is to, to give you an opportunity every weekday to call in and connect with Uh, Pastors and leaders who are able to answer your questions and pray for your prayer requests. We've got a whole group of people who tune in every day. I just got the list here of people who are tuning in all over the United States uh, over the Internet, as well as, of course, all those who tune in over the air at different stations and different places um, in the United States. And so we have a lot of people here. If you have a prayer request, we can all be in agreement with you for that thing lifted up to the Lord together. So that would be a great way to use this time if you have a prayer request, but also if you have a question about the Bible, something that maybe hasn't been answered for you on your regular Sunday morning church attendance or in other radio programs you've been listening to, here's a chance for you to get those questions answered. So give us a call 303-690-3000, that's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. 336 897 Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. I also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Wherever you're tuning in from, we're so glad that you have chosen to tune in today, and we're glad to have you with us. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, but we also want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay, so we want you to just keep that in mind, but we would still love for you to call in, and then you'll be able to listen to yourself. You know, you'll, you'll have the opportunity to tune in a week later and hear yourself on the radio, and that also gives you a great opportunity to be able to invite some other people to tune in and Uh, Maybe you say, hey, tune in and listen to me because I'll be on this time. But that can be your way of introducing them, perhaps, to your local Christian radio station and getting them in the habit of listening to um, Christian radio. And who knows what God will do with it? You know, we get so many testimonies here at Grace FM of people calling in and saying, hey, I listen to Calvary Live or I listen to this uh, radio program with this Bible teacher and God just used it so much to transform my life. And so we know that God uses uh, Christian radio in a powerful way, and we'd love it if you would help other people find out about it. So even if you're not uh, in that situation where you're calling in and then telling someone to tune in later, but even if you're just listening to the program on a, on a regular basis, we'd love it if you'd get the word out about Grace FM and about Calvary Live uh, through social media by word of mouth. That would be great just to get more and more people hearing the word of God. You know, we believe that that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God is Romans ten. Tells us, and so we just want to get the scriptures uh, into people's ears and over the airwaves. So, definitely help us spread the word. Uh, I want to give a greeting though to those who are tuning in online. We have a ever-growing audience of people who tune in online. In fact, me myself, because I don't have a radio except for in my car. Whenever I tune into Grace FM, I usually do so online. And so, if you don't yet have our mobile app, we really encourage you to get that. So you can get that for free for your phone and for your tablet. It's a totally free app. Just go into the Google Play Store or the iTunes uh, Store, the Apple uh, App Store, and you can just type in Grace FM as one word, and those apps will come right up for you. They're totally free. Put them on your device, and you can listen Uh, Anywhere in the country and then of course anywhere in the world and speaking of that I just got the list in front of me a a map here with a bunch of points on it with people listening from all kinds of places all over the United States as well as Abroad as well. We have one listener from Ukraine And of course we've got listeners up and down the East Coast all over Texas and into the Midwest up and down the Rocky Mountain range And it looks like a lot of uh, listeners over on the West Coast Washington State and California So wherever you're tuning in from today Welcome. We're so glad you're with us. Just a few words about myself as we're waiting for those calls to come in. Let me give you the numbers to call as well. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. So call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe there's some passages you've been reading that are kind of obscure. They don't make sense to you. You're hoping to get a little insight on that. I'd love to help you with that. And if there's a prayer request you have, I'd love to pray for you here on the air so you can do that. And I, I just uh, was told that, you know, people uh, are tuning in right now. People online, uh, many of our listeners are tuning in in so many different ways. We have people on iPhones, Androids, tablets, uh, Alexa devices. So if you have an Alexa device, you can tell it to tune in into Grace FM desktop computers. Looks like we have people tuning in over iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio Garden as well. So There's so many uh, different ways that you can do that and we hope that you'll take advantage of those and so that you can connect with us as you go and so you can keep getting God's Word into your ears so they can get down into your hearts. Well, just a few words about myself uh, before we go to our callers. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this city and we recently moved. So uh, we would love to have you come and visit us at our new location. Maybe you've been a longtime listener. Maybe you have, Sometimes you've called in perhaps even, but we'd love it if you would come and visit us if you're in our local region here in Colorado, just north of Denver, near Boulder. And so our new location is at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. So we're right on the Longmont city limit, kind of the eastern edge of the city. In fact, the road that leads to our church from the highway here is the city limit. And so we are just right on Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard here in Longmont. And we're just on the north side of Highway 119. We're just a few blocks west, or a few blocks east, I'm sorry, a few blocks east of County Line Road and Highway 119. And so we're just directly north of Sandstone Ranch Community Park, the community sports center there at Sandstone Ranch. In fact, I'm I'm looking out my window and seeing it right now. And so we're just really accessible from I-25, from Frederick, Firestone, to Mead, from Berthoud, from Erie, as well as, of course, from Longmont. We're in Longmont. But uh, if you're coming, we have people who come from Boulder and from Lyons, just because, uh, especially where we're at right now, it's very accessible uh, for people to get to. So uh, today is September 11th, 2020. And the reason I bring that up um, is because I want you guys to know that uh, today, of course, is the day when 19 years ago we had a great national tragedy uh, here in the United States. And, of course, a great personal tragedy for almost 3000 people and, and their families as they lost their lives. And so i just like to pray as we begin the show in remembrance of that and, uh, and asking God to bring continual healing and and the like. So let's continue. Let's Let's begin the show by praying for that. Heavenly Father, on this day, uh, September 11th, many of us who are old enough to remember, we remember terrible things that happened on this day 19 years ago. Lord, we thank you for um, the good things that you brought out of that. We know that many people were drawn to you during that time as we were made very aware in that moment of the reality of evil, as a, of the reality of the fragility and uh, the brevity of life. And Lord, I pray that those things would not be lost on us as we move forward. And as we keep going, Lord, we pray for those families who lost people. And we pray for uh, those who lost lives in the wars that came after. And Lord, we pray that you'd continue to bring healing. And Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, again, today is September 11th. Uh, We have some text messages coming in, and I'll get to those in a second, but I want to give you the numbers to call one more time. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. We have all open lines right now. It's a good time to call in. Um, But you can also text us, and we'll get to those texts here in just a minute. Now, just before we prayed for September 11th, I was telling you about our church. Our church recently moved, but I want you to know our church is open here in Longmont for in-person services. So we have in-person services, of course, with social distancing and masks and all the like, but we are glad that we're open and we're able to be open for in-person services. And if you'd love to join us, we would love to have you. Our services are at 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, and those services are also live streamed. So if you're looking for a place to worship online for a live stream church, you could join us as well on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com, or join us in person. So in person and online, 9 and 11 a.m. Our address, one more time, is 2950 Colorful Avenue in the city of Longmont, Colorado. Be great to have you. Right now, we're currently studying through the books of First and Second Kings uh, in our study, which is called Desiring the Kingdom. And you know, if you would have told me that uh, First and Second Kings would turn out to be really relevant to the kinds of things we're going through right now as a society and as a world, right, going through coronavirus crisis and all of these things, I probably wouldn't have believed you. You know, we had been planning this series for a long time. We actually we actually pushed it out a few times, delayed it several times because we did series which were a little bit more relevant and specific to what we were going through at the beginning of the pandemic. But then we realized this pandemic and the quarantine wasn't going away anytime soon. And so we decided, you know what? Uh, let's just get into studying consecutively through the word and let's let God speak to us through his word. And to much to our surprise and much to our delight, we found that God has been so faithful to speak through 1st and 2nd Kings in a really powerful way uh, these past several weeks. And so we just began 2nd Kings a few Sundays ago. We're now, this Sunday, we're going to be in chapter 4 of 2nd Kings. We'd love to have you join us for that. It's a great story. It's this amazing picture of this widow who has these sons and she's in debt. And so the creditors are coming. They're going to take her sons and make them their slaves as a way of paying off her debt But then Elisha comes and directed by the Lord, of course, he says, "Okay, bring me all of, you know, all the clay jars you can get. And as she does, they fill up with oil and then she has so much oil that she's able to sell it to pay off her debt for her sons. But she's also able to live off of that money that comes in. And so it's just this huge blessing, but it's also an incredible picture of redemption because, I mean, that is what uh, redemption is. You know, the word redemption comes from the slave trading world in which people would, um, you know, you could purchase a person from slavery and then set them free. You were essentially buying their freedom. So if you had enough money and you wanted to, you could purchase a slave's freedom. And by using that word redemption that is exactly what the bible is telling us that jesus has done for us that we were slaves we were in bondage to sin to the flesh and to death and jesus came and at the price of his own life he purchased us out of that slavery so that we could be free and so that we could have new life in him that's what it means and then of course paul says in first corinthians chapter 6 don't you know that you are not your own you have been bought with a price therefore glorify god in your bodies also that picture of earthen vessels right paul says in second corinthians chapter 4 that we have the glory of god in earthen vessels our bodies are like jars of clay that contain this precious burning light and oftentimes the way that that light is revealed is through our cracks through our brokenness god's glory is revealed all the more but this picture of oil being poured into clay jars is a picture of the holy spirit being Put into us and it's just a beautiful picture. So we're going to explore that more this coming Sunday. Uh, this past Sunday We had a great study. We were looking at Elijah the prophet him being taken up into heaven and Elisha His protege taking over for him and Elisha there asks this incredible question where he says Where is the God of Elijah today? And he's asking God you were you were active you were present for Elijah in so many great ways Will you also work in our generation today in the same way? And I think that's a question that all of us ask when we read the Bible. We say, where is the God of Moses? You know, where's the God of the apostles? Is God still working? Is God still active in the same ways that he was back then? Is he still today? And the answer is yes. But I love Elisha's desire that God would work in the ways that he did in the past, that he would work in those same ways today. And I want to have that desire myself in this generation, I'm guessing that many of you do too. And so that was a great study. If you want to catch up on any of our studies, you can do that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You go to the sermons page there. You can watch the videos of the sermons. You can download them. It's all free to use. So go ahead and check that out at whitefieldschurch.com for that archive. And once again, we still have all open lines. So let me give you the call in numbers once again, 303 690 That's 303 303- or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Well, again, like I said, today is September 11th, 2020, and today, right after this show, I'm going to be heading up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, for a men's conference. This is something that was planned for early in the spring, but of course, with uh, all the shutdown and things like that going on, it was delayed, and so it's been rescheduled, and for some time now, it's been planned for this weekend. So it's going to be today and tomorrow. And as far as I know, there's still room for people to join. So if you're interested, maybe you're listening and you're up in Cheyenne or near Cheyenne, like Fort Collins area, or you're in Laramie, uh, you can check it out. Just go to Cheyenne.Church. That's the website, Cheyenne.Church. And you'll see the info on this men's conference, as well as how to sign up and Where it's located and everything else like that, but I'd love it if you'd be praying for us up in Cheyenne doing the Calvary Chapel men's conference up there uh, starting tonight and then going through tomorrow at about 2 p.m. So we'd love it if you'd pray for us and uh, with that, let's go ahead and go to our text messages. So here's what one person asked this will a person lose their place in eternity if their death was a result of suicide. That's a, it's a good question. It's a common question. It's also a question which, when you ask it, my immediate question would be, why are you asking that question? Now, I want to answer your question, but I also want to deal with the question, the reason why you're asking that question. Now, here's what I think. Because your salvation is not based on anything that you have done or not done, right? So your salvation is not based On anything that you have done or have not done our salvation is wholly based on what Jesus did for us that's the great promise of the gospel that we enter into this new covenant with God which is predicated on what Jesus accomplishes for us not on what we do or don't do ourselves and what that means is that because it's salvation meaning because it's something which was done for you because it's a gift it's not something which is then uh, which you can lose by doing something wrong. Now, I would, at the same time, balance that by saying this. Um, to kill yourself is an act of murder. That's a sin. Uh, it's a sin which God says that he takes personally, right? Because he's the author of life. He's the only one who has the right to take away life. Furthermore, there's a lot more destruction that takes place when someone dies uh, more than just them their body physically dying, right? There's all of the emotional things that go on in the wake of that. And so will you lose your place in eternity if your death was a result of suicide? I don't believe so. Um, You know, there was a teaching throughout, uh, you know, kind of posterity from the Catholic Church that uh, if a person killed themselves, they would lose their salvation. Now, there was actually a historical reason why that came about. There was a time... In the early church, so this would be around the 200s and 300s AD when there was uh, a lot of persecution going on in the church. And people felt that it would actually be um, be an honor for them. It would show that they had a lot of faith, right, if they would actually kill themselves. And so they had a problem with people in the church killing themselves because they were basically trying to say, hey, you want to see how much I love jesus and want to be with jesus you you want to see how much i um truly believe that when i die i will go to heaven well watch this and then they would kill themselves and it was meant to be like a way of almost like of of showing off right like it was almost braggadocious to say well i'm so into jesus that i'm going to kill myself so i can go be with him and that in response to that one of the responses was the church of the church was to point to these verses in 1st Corinthians that say that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you destroy God's temple, he will destroy you. And so we have to understand the situation in which it arose. And perhaps it was wrong. I would say it was wrong. I don't think that we should make theological pronouncements based on, you know, the uh, de jure, right? The, the thing of the day that that, is, that we're being faced with. Um, But that seems to be what the church did, where they were trying to discourage people from killing themselves. And of course, they were killing themselves for a different reason. It wasn't out of despair. It was because they were killing themselves as a way of showing how much faith they had. You know, and they would point to this verse, the church would, and they would say, hey, well, um, you know, according to this verse, if you kill yourself, well, then you're probably going to go to hell. Now, again, that that was probably effective, but it was also misleading. Because I don't think that that's what that scripture is saying. Now, will you lose your place in eternity? I don't believe so. But on the other hand, I want to know why you're asking this question. I want to know, are you asking it because someone you love and cared about has committed suicide? In which case, uh, I would want to pray for you, that God would bring you comfort. And if, if it's on the other hand that you're thinking about doing this, but the only thing that's holding you back is because you're worried that if you do, you might lose your salvation. I would absolutely discourage you from doing it, and I would tell you, look, hey, my explanation that you uh, will not lose your place in, in eternity, that's my uh, explanation, but I, don't, I wouldn't go to the bank on that. The other thing is, you know, I believe that in a moment of darkness, you know, sometimes people do things, and the good news of the gospel is that even though we do things, we're not judged by God on our worst moments. I mean, you could put it in any other terms. Let's say you are driving a car and right before you, you crash and die. You know, you say a bad word. Does that mean that you're going to lose your place in salvation? I would say no, because your place before God is not based on what you have done or haven't done. It's based on what Jesus has done for you. And that's really good news. So I hope that you take that to heart. And let's go ahead and pray now for those who are struggling with the repercussions of suicide or struggling with temptations towards suicide. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who have um, suffered the loss of, of people they love at suicide. And we think about just yesterday being Suicide Prevention uh, Day. We We pray, Lord, for those who right now who are struggling with suicidal tendencies. Lord, we pray that you would help them to differentiate between your voice as the good shepherd and the voice of another who would want to drag them down and cause them to harm themselves. And Lord, we pray that you would protect people and that they would not uh, go forward with um, harming themselves or committing suicide. Lord, we pray that you would bless those who work at that suicide hotline. You bless those who work in uh, mental health care, and you would bless those who are Uh, Around those who are tempted towards suicide Lord, that you give them so much wisdom with how to speak to these uh, Dear people and how to help them. We pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hey, thank you for that good thoughtful question Let's go to our next caller Jeannie in Enola, Pennsylvania. Hi Jeannie. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi, thank you so much for taking my call Um, Just wanted to say quick your your program is such a blessing. I listen to it as often as I can and it, it's just uh, wonderful to hear.
3: Awesome. Thank you. What's um,
1: up? My question or maybe uh, more of a concern comes from First Timothy in chapter two, starting at verse 11, mm-hmm. where he's um, talking about a woman teaching um, a man. For instance, I lead a ladies' Bible study, and because of the pandemic, um, the men's Bible study hasn't started up again. So there is a man that, who has been participating in the ladies' Bible study, and I just kind of wanted your um, opinion yeah. on that.
3: Yeah. So anyway, this is a big topic. It's a topic that has caused a lot of, um, you know, I I don't want to say division, but it's caused a lot of discussion and it's caused a lot of, um, yeah, I guess a lot of consternation for a lot of people. But let me let me bring you into some light on on how I think this passage is meant to be understood and what that means for your situation practically. Okay, first of all, uh, Paul is dealing with order in the church, right? And that's really important That understand that he's not dealing with issues of value between men and women. Um, he's not talking about even issues of capability between men and women. He's talking about order within the church, like you would have order within, um, let's say, a military, for example, right? Where different people have different roles that they fulfill, uh, whether they are, Better people, or even smarter people, than those who have different roles. So that's part of it. But um, as far, here's why this this brings up a lot of questions. But first, let me interpret it for you, and then let me give you some more uh, insight onto what this means. So first of all, when he says let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness, and he says I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority. So there's a key phrase right there to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Okay, now what what is the context? Remember, we always want to read the scriptures in context of what comes before and what comes after in order for us to understand them correctly. Now, so what comes uh, after this is really important what comes after this is qualifications for overseers. So what is Paul talking about? The context is he's talking about leadership and oversight in the church. So he says there in the next few verses, this saying is trustworthy if anyone aspires to the task of overseer. He desires a noble task. And then he goes on to describe what an overseer should be. And one of those things he mentions is he uses a male pronoun over and over, but he says that this person should be the husband of of one wife, So it's very clear that an overseer, sometimes we use the word today, elder, in the church. And this is the word, by the way, in Greek, presbyteros, from which, you know, the Presbyterian church is named. It means it's an elder-led uh, church, and that's what we have here, the qualifications for elders. Okay, so the idea, again, is that this is a, a man has to hold this office of, overseer. And what is the job of an overseer? Is to teach and to exercise authority. So we go back to 1st Timothy chapter 2 verse 12, and we understand that in context what Paul is saying is that he does not a permit a woman to elder in the church, to hold the position or the title or the role of elder, which is a position of teaching. But it's not just teaching um, in a small sense, it's teaching in the broader sense of defining the doctrine for the body of Christ, right? For the local church and then exercising authority, right? Carrying out uh, the church, um, you know, whether that's a fiduciary responsibility, maybe that exercising of authority also entails uh, exercising of church discipline and kind of bearing the full responsibility for that. Now, what that means is that this doesn't mean that a woman can never speak in church. For example, he says, uh, I want women to learn quietly with all submissiveness, and he says, again, she is to remain quiet. Now, again, we take the Bible in everything that it says together, right? We don't believe that 1 Timothy is more inspired than, let's say, the book of Acts or other books of the Bible. Now, that's important uh, for a couple reasons, but it looks like I have come up on my two-minute break right now, so if you're willing to hold We can continue this conversation. Uh, If not, I can kind of explain the rest of this uh, without you. But if you'd love to hold, that would be great. And I'm going to have to uh, take a break right now. We've come up on our two-minute break. And I'll continue this thought of what this means um, for women not to elder and yet to still be allowed to have uh, speaking and even teaching roles within the church. So we'll talk about that when we come back after the break. Number to call, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air with your questions about the Bible. And your prayer requests, I'd love to hear from you, hopefully answer some of your questions and pray for you. We've got one open line if you'd like to call in. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Right before the break, we were talking to Jeannie, and we had she had a question about First Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, which talk about women not teaching or exercising authority in the church. So, Jeannie, are you here? Okay, great. Well, thanks for holding. So, as I explained to you earlier, in the context of what Paul's saying there in First Timothy uh, chapter 2, uh, it is in the context of church leadership. And he follows it clearly after that by talking about overseers. And that it says that the role of an overseer, who is limited to being a man, is to teach, rather to lay out and to Define the doctrine for a local congregation and to exercise authority for that congregation. And so when it says in 1 Timothy 2.12 that he does not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over man, what he's saying is he does not permit a woman to elder in the church or to be an elder in the church and act as an elder. Now that doesn't mean that women are never allowed to speak or to teach in the church. There are definitely roles for that. Of course, there's the obvious roles of teaching the women right we have that from peter's epistle where he talks about how the younger women should be or the older women should be teaching the younger women but um, there are also other examples for example in 1 corinthians chapter 11 paul talks about the practice of women prophesying in the church and he says that if a woman prays or prophesies in the church she needs to have her head covered now here's why that's so interesting because Paul then, in 1 Corinthians 14, defines what prophets do or what prophecy is in the church. And here's what he says. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. So in other words, what Paul's saying in Romans, or I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians 11, is that women are allowed to speak not just to other women, but to the entire church and women. They're able to give prophecies. And what are prophecies? They are speaking to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. So what this means is that even in the early church, even Paul the Apostle is not forbidding women from speaking in church. He's not forbidding women from even speaking things of God in church, a message from the Lord that brings upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. So um, what is he talking about in 1 Timothy in that case, we have to understand that it's talking about holding a role in a position of being an elder. So does that answer your question? Uh, in regard to your specific situation. It does.
1: It, it, yeah. um, it, does. it makes me feel better, actually, because um, the man that has sat in with the ladies' group, uh, you know, I didn't want to ask him to leave. You know, and um, so yes, I do. I, uh, you
3: you cleared it up for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be ideal if he was hanging out with the with the bros, but uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like there's no group for that right now. I don't think that anybody's going to get in trouble uh, before the Lord by him sitting in there, and I hope that he'll be blessed. You know, here on Grace FM, we have, um, we have. At least at one time there was. I'm not sure if there still is. But uh, Cheryl Broderson had a program on here. Now, Cheryl's an amazing teacher. And and you know what? The thing about putting teaching out of a radio is that sometimes there's going to be a lot of men listening in. And that wasn't something that we were. Oh, I guess she still is. Oh, I got that confirmed. Now, um, Cheryl's on the show. And guess what? A lot of men listen into the show. Is that bad? Is that wrong? Should they turn it off? No. You know, they, they can listen in. It's a different thing, though, if somebody is holding the role and the position of elder. So. Right. right. So, okay. awesome. God bless you, Jeannie, and keep up well, the good work with the Bible study.
1: Thank story. you. Thank you very much.
3: All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call: 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, or text us 720-336-0897. Have one correction for you. I said it was from one of Peter's epistles, but it's actually from Titus chapter two, verses three through five, where it says that the older women, uh, older women in the church, are to teach the younger women about uh, being being godly women. So just a correction there. Let's go to our next caller, Ron in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Ron. Welcome to the program.
2: Hey, how you doing? I've talked to you in a long time.
3: Good to hear from you.
2: Well, yeah, things are changing. Um, my son is officially moving out. He's looking at getting married at the end of January. He's 30 years old. I've been raising him by myself all these years. So, I mean, I'm real comfortable with the fact that he's... Um, making this move i'm I'm, i have a lot of peace about how's that sound
3: i'm glad to hear it
2: yeah and i decided since it would be just me in a three-bedroom house i sold it okay because it would become a cage (laughs) you know what i mean sure so um but i'm my prayer request is for him his life is just i mean all of a sudden he's like He's got a whole new. This is the end of his beginning. He reached the end of his beginning. <laughs> you wow, you know, and now I've reached the beginning of my end. So um, that's that's it. That's the prayer request.
3: Cool. Well, let's pray for him and for you. Heavenly Father, we lift up Ron to you, and we pray for his son. Lord, just after all these years of being together, I just think how many blessings, Lord, they've experienced being together. And Lord, thank you for the time that they had together. And we just think as this time is coming to an end, we pray for Ron that you'd be with him in this next stage of life. Or maybe there are some doors that you want to open to him that haven't been opened in the past because of his stage of life. Lord as he steps into this new stage, I pray that there would be an openness in his heart and there would be, Lord, open doors that you place before him for him to step into areas of ministry, areas of serving you. We pray for his son that as he begins this new life with his wife, Lord, that you would bless their marriage that it would be founded upon the rock of Jesus Christ that when the wind and the waves and all the storms beat against it, Lord, that it would not be moved because it's built upon that firm foundation of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for them as they they start their next stage of life. That you'd be with them, guide them, lead them, provide for them. And again, we pray for Ron that you'd help him and give him guidance on this next stage for him. We pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. That boy has been my you. life. So now, my only question is, now what? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question to be asking God, you know. And it's a good place to be.
2: Well, uh, I don't. Um, uh, my, he told me. He told me before he was packing. He said i successfully pushed every way, everybody away for the past 20 years. He says, and now I'm leaving. You have to make changes.
3: Okay. Okay. So, All right. that's that. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Ron. Thanks for calling in.
2: Hey, you guys have a great day. Thank you.
3: All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts here live on the air. We have... Three open lines right now. The number to call is 303 690 3000. It's 303 690 3000, or you can text us at 720 336 0897. While I have you here and we're waiting for your calls to come in, let me take the opportunity to invite you personally to join us at the church that I pastor here in Longmont. If you're within driving distance, uh, we actually uh, moved out. Uh, from the city center to the eastern corner of town, and what that does, is it still allows us to be in Longmont, but it gives us much more accessibility from for people who are driving in from the surrounding towns, so whether that's from um, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Mead, Berthed, Erie, Lafayette, as well as Niwot, and Boulder, and Lyons, these are all very accessible from our new location. Check us out online, and I'll give you the address if you want to punch it in your uh, GPS or your phone and see where we're at. The address is 2950 Colorful Avenue, 2950 Colorful Avenue. And the Lord has just blessed us here with the, with the big space where we're able to have, you know, everything that we hope to have in the past, right? So we're able to have room to grow, able to have room to do outreach, like we, we are doing a food pantry, right now, and we have uh, a great room for our youth and for our kids, and so we really kind of feel like God's blessed us for this next great season, that he's growing us, and if you'd like to come and grow along with us, we'd love to have you. So come visit us at 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, or you can join us online at whitefieldschurch.com. So We have a text message that came in. Let me give you those numbers to call once again before we go to the text message. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. One person texts in and says, My wife and I have been struggling to get on the same page with our finances. It seems that no matter what we try, we can't seem to do it. I know it takes two people to get an agreement with the finances so that we can tithe, save, and take care of our bills. Please give me some biblical perspective and pray for me and my wife. Well, I think the clearest biblical perspective I can give you is simply um, that two are called to become one, right? This is repeated in Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, Jesus repeats it. This idea The two individuals cease being individuals and they become one. Their lives are inextricably tied to each other. They're no longer bound to their parents, but they become a new family unit and they act as such. So your follow-up question I see also was texted in. Does the Bible teach that we have to put our money together? Uh, My uh, advice would be, I can't tell you a Bible verse that tells you you have to put your money together, but I do believe it's wise and I do believe it's in line with the principle of two lives becoming one uh, that you would act as if you are one in every way. So your your money, would be her money. Her money would be your money. Your bills would go together. Now, I wonder what the situation is and why it's been so hard for you guys to do this. I wonder if one of you is a spender. The other one's a saver. I wonder if it's because you have separate checking accounts and or maybe separate debts that you're worried about. I know people who have done that. In fact, people who've been married for over 10 years and have uh, persisted in that situation. Personally, I don't think it's wise and I don't think it's good. I'll tell you one reason why I don't think it's wise is because when the time comes, it is much easier if a person wants to, or let's say you fall on hard times in your relationship, it's much easier to just cut it and separate because you're actually living as separate people on paper. And so I I think that the more things you can do, in fact, I think this is part of what makes marriage intimate, is that uh, in marriage, some people would say, you know why do I need a piece of paper? Why do I need a legal document that says that I'm married? Can't we just be married in God's eyes or in our own eyes by just you know shaking hands or nodding or whatever it is that you do and saying okay we are committed to each other? Well, I think the the real explanation of this is that it is it is not less uh, romantic. It is not less intimate to have a legal between two people than it is to have just a verbal agreement. And the reason it's actually more intimate to be legally bound is because you're closing the back door. You're you're doing everything you can to say, not only am I saying this with my words, I'm doing it with my actions. I'm locking the door on myself. I'm putting myself in this situation and throwing away the key because I don't plan ever to leave this situation. And so I think that you're doing the same thing with your bank account. You know, you're saying your liabilities are my liabilities. My debts are your debts. We're in this together 100% of the way. And so, again, I'm sure that there are reasons why you have not done this. I'm sure that there are differences. You know, one of the things that uh, a lot of churches do, they'll do, um, Financial Peace University or they'll do um, Crown Financial. I think those are both really good uh, biblically-based programs, and I think that they help a couple get on the same page, and I would just encourage you that as you do that, I think that combining those things and tackling those as a team is actually going to create more intimacy in your relationship it would have otherwise. It also provides more accountability. I've known people who the reason they kept their accounts separate was because they didn't want their spouse to know what they were spending money on. and I think that that is a very unwise um, thing to do. So I hope that answers your question. If it was me, my advice would be definitely put your money together and tackle it together. Let there be complete transparency between you and approach financial issues as a team not as separate individuals. Well, thanks for that call. I know that's a, or thanks for that text. I know that's a really practical one for many people in their lives. So let's go ahead and uh, give you, uh, let's pray for you. And then I'm going to give you the numbers to call for those of you who want to call in. Lord, we we lift up uh, these people who have texted in who are having these uh, difficulties because of finances. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless them, guide them, help them, to be unified in this way. And whatever it is that has kept them apart from it, Lord, I pray that they would truly be one in every way, legally and financially, and in every way otherwise as well, spiritually as well. So we pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, the number to call is three zero three We've got 14 minutes left in the show which means we've got time for one or two more calls. And so we'd love to hear from you with your questions about the Bible. Maybe there's some scriptures that you're unclear on that you've wanted to have more understanding about. I'd love to help answer those questions for you. 303-690-3000. Or maybe you have a prayer request, and something that you'd like us to pray for with everyone tuning in and listening. The text line is 720 336 0897, that's 720 0897. We have a uh, text that just came in. Someone's asking us to pray for the Sean Foigt, I think that's how it's pronounced, by the way, uh, concert going on tonight in, um, well, I thought that the one happening tonight, yeah, I think it is. Tonight is in Fort Collins and tomorrow is in Colorado Springs. So let's go ahead and pray for those. And, um, Lord, we, we pray for um, this concert going on, this revival Let Us Worship event going on in Colorado Springs. Lord, we pray that as as people turn out, Lord, that this would not be a, a political statement, that this would be a statement of worship, that this would be people coming out to seek you, to gather together, and to lift your name high. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be honored through that worship. We also pray that people would be honored. Um, Lord, people would be safe in that environment, that there would be no uh, spreading of the virus during this time, no spreading of anything other than kindness, uh, the word of God, and encouragement during these concerts in Fort Collins and Colorado Springs. So Lord, we ask for protection over those who gather to worship, and Lord, we pray that it would be a God-honoring and Jesus-honoring event. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, some person wrote in just now with a text message with a question that says, how do I know I am saved and my sins are forgiven? Well, that's a really good question. Thanks for texting that in. And uh, I want to dive into that with you. I think we can keep it pretty brief. The really good news about the gospel is that our salvation is not something that we accomplish for ourselves. Um, Having our sins forgiven, that's not something we do for ourselves. It's a gift. That we receive and what it means to believe in Jesus. It doesn't just mean to believe that he was a real person who lived at a certain time in history. It means that we trust in him. It means to rely on him. So to believe in this sense is more akin to trusting in him, relying on him, uh, clinging to him, adhering to him. It's, It's like this idea of clinging to Jesus and hoping in what he did for you. That is what it means to believe in Jesus, trusting in what he did for you, that it was enough that he accomplished what you could not accomplish in his life. Right? He lived the life of perfect obedience to the Father, which you and I should have lived, but have failed to. He died a sacrificial death in our place so that we could be forgiven and made right with God. And the good news of the gospel is that there is nothing you have to do. And it also doesn't depend on your feelings. You know, your feeling of, I feel saved today, tomorrow, maybe I don't feel as saved or I don't feel as confident in it. The good news is your confidence is not in yourself. It is in an objective reality that is outside of yourself. It is your confidence is in an event that took place and it is finished. It's done. There's nothing that has to be added to it. There's nothing that can take away from it. So our confidence is in Jesus, in what he did and what he accomplished, and that's why it's such good news. So let me pray for you that God would give you assurance, but I really want you to know and trust that because of what Jesus did, you can know that if you receive that in faith, you trust in it that truly his sacrifice was enough to pay for your sins and uh, and to make you right with God. Trusting in that and clinging to that, that is how you can know that you are saved and here's the other thing I'll tell you real quick the fact that you even care Tells me that you're in a good spot in a good spot if you're a person who was so calloused and said, you know what? I don't care. I don't care about you know being saved. I don't care about being forgiven I don't care what God thinks then I would say that your soul is in true peril But the fact that you care shows me that the Holy Spirit uh, you are responding to the Holy Spirit's conviction in your life and there's a lot of hope for you so i encourage you cling to jesus trust in him and you can be sure that your sins are forgiven and you are saved lord i pray for this dear person who texted in i pray that by your spirit you would give them confidence and lord really a a sense of the fact that you have forgiven them and saved them and lord that it i pray though that you would give them a faith that doesn't depend on them having that sense of confidence and conviction in, the, in that truth, but that trusts in it when even they don't feel it. And so we pray for that to take place in this person's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to our next caller, George in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, George. Welcome to the program.
4: Hey, Pastor Nick. How are you doing?
3: Doing great. What's up, George? Good.
4: How much, man? So, hey, uh, by the way, I just wanted to say uh, we love the new church, and it's been great, and it's been a great experience for us so far. So thank for— hear that leading that and getting us into that. That's been really cool.
3: George, you threw me off. I saw you're from Aurora, but I hear your voice. I know that you're <laughs> actually George from Longmont.
4: Yeah, well, I'm driving from work <laughs> right now. And so,
3: Got it. Okay, what's up? What can yeah. I pray for you for?
4: Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, so you know, recently my life has changed quite a bit, and I've going through a lot of stuff. Um, I've taken a lot of the actions to become, like, a certified life coach and um, that sort of thing, and uh, also, too, like, My question would be is, I have a lot of like, like irons in the fire, like with trying to do ministry and trying to do like maybe change careers and that sort of thing. And so, but a lot of my problems in the past have become from me being selfish and like me wanting to do my things my way. So my question is, how do I become more godly in my decisions? And how do I move past like being selfish desires and trying to live and serve a a uh, Christian life and being more in tune with other people and serving other people.
3: Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit, you know, this is what uh talks about. Like, Actually, I'll just go to Colossians chapter 3. It talks about, um, you know, submitting to one another in love. It talks about that in Ephesians chapter 5 as well, this idea of submitting to one another in love and being in the body. I think that being in fellowship is really important and inviting people into that situation where you say, Hey, I want you to, you know, listen to this and you tell me and and you're just like submitting yourself to them. You're surrendering. And that I think the surrender is not only is it healthy for us, I'd say it's the essence of what it means to be a Christian. It's the essence of what it means to worship God is to have this surrendered heart. So this idea of surrender is where you say, God, I want to be a penny in your pocket that you can spend wherever and however it pleases you best. You know, so I let go of my need or desire to to do things in this way or do things that way. God, I just want you to show me what you want me to do for you. And and one of the things I think about is there's a big difference, if you look in the Bible, in the book of 1 Samuel, between David and Saul. And the thing about David was, and and actually in the 2 Samuel, see with Saul, he was called to be king. At first he didn't want to be king, but then he kind of liked it. And what happened is that when God took that away from him, Saul couldn't handle it. He had built so much of his identity into doing things and being king and having this position that when God took it away, he had no identity left. He didn't know who he was. But with David is a really interesting situation where David is like his identity was I'm a servant of God and I can serve God in any capacity that God wants me to. I can serve him as a shepherd. I can serve him as the guy who brings lunch to my brothers who are fighting the battle. I can serve him as a warrior. I can serve him as a musician. I can serve him as king. And what's so interesting is that there came a time in David's life where his son Absalom tried to steal the throne from him. And David's response is very different than Saul's response was when the, when God wanted to take the throne away from Saul. When God wanted to take the throne away from Saul, Saul fought tooth and nail because he couldn't let it go. But when... when um absalom wanted to take the throne from david david's response was god i'm okay with that do you want me to serve you as king or do you want me to serve you in a different way it's just a heart of total surrender to the lord and this idea of being surrendered and being submitted you know to the to the leaders that god puts in our lives and so that just circles me around back to colossians chapter uh, chapter 3 and ephesians chapter 5 to talk about Submitting to one another in the Lord, I would just say have that surrendered heart to the Lord first of all And then I would encourage you have that with your relationships with other people bring them into that Conversation and say hey, you know, i've tried to force my way in the past and I want you to To just be honest with me and tell me when i'm when i'm doing that now so that I cannot do that because I want to grow in surrender to the Lord but to answer your question, also, how do we grow in surrendering to the Lord? I think it comes in knowing the Lord's goodness, right, and knowing that He's one who is worthy and faithful, so that when we do surrender to Him, we can know that we're in good hands.
4: All right, cool. And uh, also, too, is like as long as I've come along uh, with other, like the ministry, the homeless ministry. I've learned I learned some really cool things and got to see some cool things and was a part of. Um, like a team at one point point leading a team and I really liked that aspect of it, but it's mm-hmm. all for naught. It wasn't, it was, it was all for naught in some aspects of it because like there just never contraction and people, the the idea of the ministry didn't want to catch on to it. Right. So, um, mm. uh, the aspects of, uh, uh, God taking away Saul's uh, identity and moving that is kind of similar to what I went through. Um. And now it's like I've kind of been humbled in the aspect of, well, now it's, it's not about that. It's not about leading for that example. It's, like, about getting on your knees and serving people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, that's what I hear you saying as well. And serving right. God mostly. Yeah. Um, um, but for me, like, the problem is, is, like, what gets in my way is, um, you know, some of my history, some of my past experiences, those kind of, like, circle around sometimes, like, spiritual warfare stuff still kind of comes around like i got to be dependent on myself and stuff like that and uh, i've actually depended on a lot of other people um and i want to be that guy that kind of depends that, that's dependable to people that yeah. kind of follows through um, what are some like i don't know does that make sense
3: Sure. Yeah. No, let me let me pray for you. We're coming up on the end of the show as well. So I, I have to um, cut it short a little bit. But I want to pray for you that God would help you to be that because I, I don't think that that's contrary to to surrendering to the Lord and being accountable. At the same time, we want to be that for other people. We want to provide that and we want to be strong in the strength of the Lord and in the power of his might. So let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for George, and I thank you for the things you're doing in his life. I thank you, Lord, that even through brokenness, Lord, you're binding him up. Lord, you're building him up, and I pray that you would continue to do that. I pray that you would build him up to be a pillar in your strength, somebody that others can lean on and depend on. And Lord, show him what are the ways that he can serve you uh, in this new stage that he's in. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, God bless you, George. Thanks for calling in. Good to hear your voice. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church. Join us in person and online this Sunday at Whitefields Church in Longmont. Check out whitefieldschurch.com for all the information. I'll be with you again next week. God bless you and have a great evening.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.